Hi everyone, welcome back to Love Essie the podcast. This is episode 38. And I was all like, ooh, what am I gonna do? I don't know. Like, you know, when um you're just like, which of the many books I have read should I talk about? Um and I actually decided to do um Angel's Flight, which is the Guild Hunter uh novella anthology. Um and I mean when I say wanted to do like I'm rereading them of course (laughs) and so I'm rereading and then talking about them and okay so you're all probably like okay uh cool here's the thing I've only listened to one audiobook that would be Alyssa Cole's The AI Who Loved Me which was (laughs) absolutely fantastic it's the only thing I own on Audible um because I was like it's Alyssa Cole and Regina King and Mindy Kaling were two of the um, narrators so I was cut or voices I don't know whatever the words are so I was like oh my god yes but outside of that I think I had attempted to start like a few other books as like audiobooks from the library app and like listened and was like nah so I found angels flight as an audiobook on um the libby app and was like you know what let me try it right because as opposed to it being a brand new book where i think that's where i've struggled when it's a brand new book it's just like well i have to pay attention because if not i'm gonna get lost and i just my brain isn't able to like really focus in the same way but in this case i've you know read them and i'm pretty sure i've read angels flight more than once or at least some of the stories and the anthology i've read more than once so i started listening to it as i'm like out just for a walk and i was like "Ooh, i should really like this an audiobook i wasn't expecting that um i didn't finish it all in audiobook i think i did like the first like the fully the first two stories uh two novellas in that anthology and like half of the third and then the other half of that third and the last one i like bred with my eyeballs but I actually did really enjoy and then I was like really excited because they said Kadra so I was like yay but then there was like Lee Juan Lee Juan and I was like oh I've been saying Lee Juan like a Spanish lady um, um and so I really you know and I never knew how to say Nazarak like I think I was just like Nazar Nazarak Nazar you know but it was like Nazarak and you know Nimra and so hearing some of the the names and whatever was also really cool so anyway, yeah, I wanted to talk to you guys um, about the these four um, sort of novellas because I realized also having gone back to reread them that what's really cool is so there's Angel's Pawn, Angel's Judgment, Angel's Wolf, and Angel's Dance. Now all four of these, right, um, are f- sort of focused around what we would consider secondary characters within the books within the series but they're in different they're all all four sort of set at different points in time that both give us really fascinating backstory um about this world before we would have met you know before Raphael Raphael and Elena meet in that first book Angel's Blood but also within that timeline once we've met Raphael and Elena um and I say that so there's two books well no okay you're probably like so Angel's Pawn right this one focuses on Janvier and Ashwini now when we meet them in Angel's Pawn they aren't a couple but they get their own book so if you read Angel's Pawn and you're like, I love these two together and I want them together, well, guess what? <laughs> Later on, you're going to be blessed with their book. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. And I love them as a couple together. Like, just, whoa. Like, so when, and when we meet them, um, they, it's really interesting because, like, Ashwini has some, like, um, I guess visions or she sees it you know has you know premonitions whatever and thinks about like how she needs to get her hand on flamethrowers which will be necessary in a future book 
within the series, right? Um, I think for when I, we meet Ashwin and Janvier, I don't know if Elena and Raphael are together yet. This might be right before, you know, everything goes down with Iram, Uram, that trash bag. Right? So it's like, ooh, cool. Um, in Angel's Judgment, right, this book focuses, or this novella focuses on Sarah Aziz. Um, and uh, do they ever give us Deacon's name? Last name, I mean, let me double check. I don't know if we had Deacon's last name. Or if we're just like, Deacon, and then he's the Slayer. And we're like, yes. Um, he says, I'm Deacon. Great for you. I don't know that we get his last name. Anyway, Sarah in this book is about to become the guild hunter director for like, um... She's about to become the director of the guilds uh, of the guilds for all of North America. Is it all of North America or does that also? No, I think it's just North America. Um, whereas when we meet Raphael and Elena in Angel's Blood, she's already the director. So this is pre these two coming together. And what's really cool is we then sort of get to see because we do meet elena briefly so we get to see like what elena's like before Raphael comes into their life and it's really funny because it's like benches of like oh wouldn't want to go anywhere near an archangel and as you're reading it you're just like <laughs> if only you knew that like you know not too far down the line shit gonna get real real and you go you know not only like meet an archangel but fall in love with one and be his consort, his mate, his significant other, his partner, lover, boyfriend. I mean, boyfriend is such a silly term when you think about it for these people um, specifically. So, so we get to see what this world looks like at that point in time, which I was like, oh, yes, I like this. Um, and Sarah sounds so fucking cool. So then when we get to Angel's Wolf, right, this is Noel and Nimra. And Noel, now here's the f- interesting thing, right? So far, the other two, it feels like we're meeting these characters before the series has really started. So we're seeing part of the past, relatively ish, recent-ish. In this book, in the, not book, sorry, in this novella, uh if you recall if you've read um ah now i'm blanking because we've met noel already or noel sorry i'm saying noel like he's a girl noel n-o-e-l no double l with an e um we've met noel before and by met like i mean it's not really meeting because it's more like we've heard of him because it is in Archangels Archangels consort yada 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 sorry double checking yes when Raphael's like mama is coming back coming back you know waking up and all these things are you know happening and wait is it that one or is it Archangels kiss Hmm. One of the two. It's one of those two books. He's a vampire that is found like completely brutalized and like all these games. Ah, this might be Archangel's Kiss. Um, and so there's all this like intrigue and because they're trying to, you know, just like fuck with Raphael. So when we meet well so when we get to um you know, uh Noel and Nimra and Angel's Wolf. This is now Noel. I keep saying Noel. Whatever. This is now Noel um, as... Th- this is now the man or the vampire after he has sort of recuperated and recovered at least physically from that attack. And so he thinks he's sent to Nimra's court to sort of like... Because he's no longer useful. And then that that it doesn't turn out to be that case so we're getting to see a part of the world right 
that we wouldn't normally see because Raphael and Elena aren't living. Nimra is uh, the angel that holds the territory of New Orleans. Oh, Nazarak from the first novella holds Atlanta. So it's like, oh, like they're kind of neighbors. Um, and so we're getting to see that part of the world. But if we were just hanging out with Raphael and Elena, we wouldn't because they have no reason to go down to New Orleans for any reason. Because like Raphael lets his angels lead their territories without really major interference from him because he picks people that he's like you can hold this territory so by having noel or noel whatever the fuck be down there then we get to see a different part of this world what i also think is really interesting is that when um in these three novellas so far we get to see angels who aren't archangels and how they operate right in um nazarak and angel's pawn is kind of trash <laughs> you know he he's shit i don't like him uh in angel's judgment uh lakar is an interesting angel because he doesn't seem as cruel as nazarak but he's also not like just like because you can't just be like a whatever angel to like hold to territory you have to still because vampires will be like oh this this angel isn't gonna do anything bad to me when i fuck up let me just go kill a bunch of people my neighbors have now decided to play music it was so quiet and it's someone's car anyway and then in angel's wolf nimra is like oh there's all of this you know she has this reputation of just being like you know all these angels steer clear of her but it's like is she really like an evil being like a terrible terrible cruel angel or is she not and you know she's not but we don't know that at first so it's really interesting to see um we are we're shown three different angels who operate in three different ways um all within Raphael's territory because again you know that's why we're in this world right we met Raphael and Elena and our focus is on them and the people in their lives I'm like yeah we're gonna meet other archangels and whatnot but like right as of right now this is sort of where we're focused and then the last one Angel's Dance Angel's Dance I think is really a really cool novella because it gives us a glimpse into the past past not recent past we're talking when um our Raphael has just been an archangel for about a hundred years so fresh off his you know ascendancy to the cadre like and Alexander who when we start the series is a, a, a an archangel that is asleep is you know kind of awake and we get to spend time in the refuge which we spend time in the refuge right in the second and you know in the second book because that's where uh, you know elena is after you know quote unquote i mean she technically her mortal life ends and now she's an angel um but that's obviously the refuge in present day in angel's dance we get to see the refuge and Raphael's territory in the past and so that's where we meet another of um a brain fart Raphael seven galen or gallon galen i'm calling him galen um and jessamy who is you know the teacher for basically all angelic youth who are in the refuge and their story and it's really cool because we then get to see so at this point right Raphael has dimitri he has ilium he has galen he has aodon he does not have an Asir. He does not have Venom. I don't, from the way this timeline, from what I'm gathering, I don't think they've been made yet. So they aren't around yet to be part of his court. That's how early on this is. Um, and it, I think that is a really sort of really cool concept because, you know, when you, th- at least for me, when I think of novellas that are within a series right she could have just touched on 
current timeline, right? She could have just stayed sort of in the present and, you know, shown us a glimpse into some of the other hunters. Um, but by sort of staggering the timelines of these novellas, we get to see a bit of the past and are able to then understand a little bit more about these characters that we're seeing in the series. But we also get to see, you know, both what has changed in this world and what has, you know, sort of stayed true in this world by choosing to go into the past and showing what that past looks like which would be difficult to try and do all those kinds of flashbacks and whatnot in the regular you know in the books that are you know in the series but by doing it in novella form you're then able to sort of go off into those areas of the world and then you can build that part of the world without it then ruining what you've already written it instead enriches what you because now at least for me as a reader I feel like I have an even more of an understanding of this world because I understand you know what the refuge looked like so long ago oh and in this um in Angel's Dance right this is at this time is when Michaela rises to become an archangel she wasn't even an archangel when Angel's Dance as a book begin as a novella begins so that's how far back in the past we're talking because when we meet here in present day homegirl been been an archangel for you know quite quite some time so i thought um i really sort of enjoyed and if you've read you know the series and haven't read the novellas i really suggest that you do because like i said i think that um seeing sarah and deacon in the series right when we meet them they're together they're married he's uh you know an incredible builder of weapons and they have a daughter but in you know angel's judgment they aren't together and you get to see their them come together and you get to learn about like who deacon was before he was with sarah and it's not like it's like a crazy you know all this crazy backstory but those these are details that i think then enrich you know your idea of these two characters within the series uh in quote-unquote present day of the series the same thing with angel's pawn for me is sort of like a teaser a prelude a prequel um to ashwini and jean vie's book which i believe is that archangel's enigma or is it it's not hard now i'm gonna be like like which one is it right because the next book book six is archangel's legion right and that's elena and Raphael. we go back to them ah it's archangel shadows is when we go to um we're still seeing right Raphael and elena but we also this book is Ash and Janvier. And so reading Angel's Pawn sort of really sets up what you're then going to then get to see in, you know, Archangel's Shadows. And they are such, like, I really liked Janvier. I really like Ashwini. Um, they are another couple that I'm like, yo, yo, like, yes love it love 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 it also because like i mean i guess this is a spoiler um I, oh ashwini in case you've forgotten or haven't read is a guild hunter she's a hunter um she's not hunter born though um but she's had to like hunt janvier down before because he's pissed off an archangel who's been like get this motherfucker back for me and then he like makes up with the archangel she's like so i just went through this hunt for you to what he's a lot and i love that he's so much i love it i'm just like yes be ridiculous be extra be crazy and so definitely um i think that if you haven't read these novellas you should um now if you're like esther i really like 
I kind of want to get into Kindle Thunder, but I don't know. Like, I've never read Nalini or, you know, maybe you're thinking, you know what? After certain things, like, I don't really want to read about vampires and angels and archangels. You could also, I feel like you could dip your toe into the world with these novellas because you get to then see different parts of the world. And I feel like you don't have to have read I don't think that you've had to have read the other books in the series to understand these. Um, I Obviously, like as I've mentioned, it enriches your view of the world. But had I never read um, the Guild Hunter series before reading the novellas, um, possibly Ashwini and Janvier's book, because there's so much banter, you might be a little like, what? But like, Sarah and Deacon in angel judgment like there's a very clear beginning middle and end in that right she starts off not sure if she's going to be the guild director and then you know they have to go like do their 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 work which is hunt and then they end up together i think it's done really really well and gives you a really sort of like lovely sort of intro into this series but like could just stand alone as like a romance novella there isn't you don't get to the end of that book and go i'm missing things you get to the end of that book and you want i at least wanted to see more of them which is why then it's really cool to then go on to continue to read the series and see them as they pop up on on throughout the books um same thing with angel's wolf there is enough information so you when you read it i mean i knew having read the series right that noel had or yeah had been the vampire that was like you know brutalized in the other book but that's mentioned the fact that he's gone through that trauma in this novella so had you not read the book you're not like you don't you know you don't know the details of it as much because he's talking about it and it's all you know after he's recovered and whatever but you know that he's had to deal with trauma then there's nimra's you know baggage and again i feel like there is very clear sort of beginning middle end of their story them as a couple and i definitely because i'm trying to think i i i could be wrong and I still have to finish reading, obviously, the rest, rereading the rest of the series. But I don't think Noel and Nimra show up again within the series. But I definitely, when I got to the end of their novella, was like, they felt like they were still, you know, very much together and being, you know, fucking awesome and happy and together while, you know, making sure that motherfuckers don't fuck shit up in New Orleans. Like, I definitely, I didn't get to the end of their novella and be like, I don't, I don't see it for them. Um, I definitely saw it for them. I was like, oh my god, yes. Yes. Um, I did wonder if, you know, like, will we ever maybe see any of those characters from that specific novella again? I don't know. And a part of me now wants to, like, be, like, searching names. <laughs> being like, maybe we have seen them before. And I just didn't, I just didn't put two and two together to equal four. And then Angel's Dance. Angel's Dance, I think, is really, like, I really enjoy it. Like I said, again, we go so far back in the past, right? Like, at this point, it's like, you know, uh, quote-unquote, the United States of America is, like, really just forming. And, like, Raphael's Tower is made of, like, you know, glass and wood and whatever. Like, this is before, you know, like... Like, there's still so much of the land that's uninhabited and is wild. So it's imagining angels and archangels and vampires and, you know, baby colonial times. But, like, you know, without all of that, that all of the the stuff that could, you know, would be happening because it's a different world, right? Um, And Gallen and Jessamy... Um, are you you meet them throughout the series right elena has lessons with just me to learn about angelic you know angelic history um galen is literally like 
weapons master general for Raphael. So we're, we see him. So knowing their story. Um, oh, and okay. You're all probably going to be like, you being ridiculous. But I think it's fascinating because when we talk, like in these books, right? These characters are all um, more, I mean, Ashwini is mortal right jean vier is a vampire he's around 200 and change 250 200 something um in angel's judgment it's both mortals sarah and deacon are just humans straight up and that that ain't changing like one of the angels the the car the angel is kind of like you know you would be it to deacon it's like you would be like an awesome vampire like you're someone i would trust to lead and he is all like now i'm good thanks but no thanks it's like oh wow but in Angel's Wolf and Angel's Dance, we've got like, uh, we've got a bit of age gap going on. But of course, it's also very different because like when you're immortal, like what is an age gap, right? I mean, Nimra, Nimra and Noel is not huge-ish. He's 220, I think. He's 220 or 220 something. She's around 700 years old. So, you know, a little less than 500 years in between them. So I guess kind of contemporaries and not. Oh, and he's a vampire. She's an angel, right? Which I don't think up until this point we've seen that pairing. I don't think so. Up until, because in the books it was like Raphael and Elena, right? Which was like Archangel human, but that was real, real short. And then it was like Archangel, brand new baby angel. Then we got Dimitri and Honor, where it was vampire human, but she's becoming a vampire. Then we got uh, Jason and Mejia, and they're both angels. So Noel, 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 and Nimra is vampire and angel, and she's older than him. But also, like, what does that really truly mean in the grand scheme of things? Now, the one thing that it does mean is that they um, will not be able to have like children from you know their union but they can adopt or just raise other people's kids um which they both agree is like they're fine with and then uh in the case of angels dance right they're both angels galen is an angel jessamy is an angel but galen is is he around 300 or something i'm pretty sure he's under 500 years old Jessamy is 2,600 years old, something like that. Like, homegirl's got, like, over a thousand, like, well, I mean, around two, if he's around, damn, I don't remember how old he is. I wonder if it mentioned, like, pretty sure it does mention his age. He might even just be, like, less than 300. Hmm. Here we go. Oh, in this book, right, Ilium is 115 years old, which I believe when we meet him in the series, he's around the 300 mark. Um, And Galen is 275. So I was, the 500 wasn't even, I wasn't even close. And Homegirl is 2,600. So she got over 2,000 years on homeboy over 2,000 years and what is really interesting is like when they first meet she's kind of like when did I teach you because she teaches the angelic young but he actually is like Jason wasn't raised in the refuge Jason wasn't raised in the refuge because his parents were living with him on some tiny little island and then when daddy killed mommy and all that jazz um he ended up on this tiny little island by himself and he wasn't able to leave until he was physically strong enough to leave, and that takes time. In Galen's case, he, um, his both his parents were warriors, um, like fight, you know, soldiers in Titus's um, territory, with his father being Titus's second or whatever, and his mother also being a general, and so he was actually raised in Titus's like court raised by his parents who you know aren't the hot you know two soldiers who weren't really great at being parents sadly and so 
at first she's like when did I like you know like break like when did I teach you and he's like why would you have and she's like because I'm old and like I teach everybody and that's the other thing is like I mean she's old and like by our standards 2600 years huh, what but then we've got like beings like Callian and our Alexander who was like 25,000 years so like what the fuck is 2000 years to someone who's 25,000 years old it's like huh like a two a 200 year old must literally be like a li- literal child to you and someone who's like 2000 years old you're like so you're a teenager because i'm 25,000 years old <laughs> thanks bye but yeah like we've got galen who's like you know relatively young you know in the grand scheme of things and homegirl who's been around for forever I mean, not forever, forever by mortal standards and not forever by immortal standards. Um, but they end up together and ugh, it's it. I really, really, really liked um, the care that's taken with their story. So I re- like I said, if you are like, I haven't actually read any Nalini, but you talk about it so much. But I'm also like feeling um, what is the word intimidated by the series which like this one only has like 12 books with the 13th coming out in november which if you weren't if you were paying attention right i said titus and we're gonna get a book about titus and the hummingbird who's like briefly mentioned in this book like very briefly because you know these are novellas um but yeah i really like to me these are very also very good starting points because again with the maybe exception of Ash and Janvier's story, more so because that's not, um, we don't get a happily ever after at the end of that. It's very much like, um, it's not a slice of life because we have a story happening, but we can tell that there's so much that's unfinished between the two of them, which makes sense because they then go on to get their own book. Whereas with the other three novellas, like, no, you, you, you see you get that happily ever after and you can imagine these two growing into their love together um and in and at least in the case like i said of sarah and deacon and jessamy and galen we see them throughout the series noel and nimra we haven't i don't know if we will or i may come back to you guys in a few weeks and be like yo i totally blanked on the fact that nimra shows up in this book with Noel like didn't even didn't even you know because you know a girl can forget she is not immortal and even if she was I think it's also really interesting that one of the things that's mentioned is uh for these immortal beings who do live uh, hundreds of years thousands of years hundreds of thousands of years kind of thing memory is you don't just remember things like like that because you're sifting through so much information right if you've been around for 2,000 years you have 2,000 years worth of memories girl that's a lot that's a lot that's a lot of memories I mean I don't remember shit I was doing when I was 21 I'm only 36 that ain't that long ago Ooh. I just realized that's a, exactly a 15 years. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. But like, I don't. Sometimes I'm like, what was I doing? Mm-hmm, don't know what I mean, living, obviously. But like, I gotta think real, real hard. So I can't imagine if I was like, what was I doing when I was 272 and I'm currently 2,842? Like, I'm like, girl, no. I, I don't, we're not even, no. I was busy not doing shit, you know, not knowing shit. But yes, I really, really enjoyed the novellas. Um, just obviously maybe salivate for more from this world. Um, and again, I don't know how many times I have to say it to y'all that this is um, something y'all want to and need to read. Um the other thing that um, I really I thought was really sort of cool to notice that I've been noticing um, 
was throughout the series, right? Sh- Nalini keeps showing us the world based on the characters that we're with. And so we're seeing, right, the world, like, in, you know, when we're with Ashwini and Janvier, we're seeing the world that they are currently inhabiting that corner. They're in Atlanta. They're dealing with this angel, Nazarak, you know, and the vampires that are battling out for shit in Atlanta. Then we move to Sarah and Deacon. Um, and we also, because when we start that novella, Sarah is considering becoming the director. That means there is a director. So we meet Simon, the previous director, and we get a little bit more information about that part um, of the world. And that also gives us sort of information that we can then be like, oh, when Elena mentioned this, this is what she meant. This is like, this is what it was referring to. And then the same thing with Noel and Nimra, or Noel, Noel and Nimra, right? We get to then meet people in New Orleans and what that looks like and how these different characters operate. But because we're focused on the world around us through the eyes of characters it doesn't feel because it's a on in on one hand right you could say but it's so much information right Raphael and Elena are based out of New York but they've been to the refuge they've also been to Li Juan's stronghold in China um you know as we see them travel but I feel like because we're not it's not like I'm learning about New Orleans from like Raphael talking about it and it being like this weird sort of like you know I'm being shown this information I'm not being told which I think is really really key for effective world building right um I'm sure you guys have heard of this the whole concept of like do not you know do not tell your reader things show them because by showing them they are able to you know see imagine and go forward and sometimes it's hard to be like well what do you mean by that and it means don't tell me about how awful of a angel nazarak might be show me and not not just showing me by like nazarak necessarily torturing someone but how other characters will react to Nazarak and the way he operates, right? Because by showing us who he is through Ashwini's eyes, with Ashwini, we're seeing her reaction to his potential malevolence. Um, and we're understanding who he is as a character by how she reacts to him which is really interesting thing to think about right it's not that we are being like we saw him murder someone and that's how we know he's bad because maybe he's not that you know like literal of a bad person maybe he's bad in very very other more subtle ways that are harder to see but by seeing the reaction that he engenders in those around him both Ashwini and Janvier were literally passing through his region, but also, you know, Antoine Beaumont and um, what's the other one? Kaylin, Callie, whatever his name is, and how they react to how this man, this angel runs his territory. We then get this much more broader and I feel like more filled in idea of who this angel is. Same thing. Um... And so as a reader, you are in, you feel like you're in that, that scenario as opposed to reading about it. Because if, if instead we heard about Nazarak because Raphael's telling Elena that Nazarak is a shitty angel or he's just mean or whatever, we don't, we're, all we're doing is going based on Raphael's word, which is fine, but it doesn't create the same feeling level of feeling in you as a reader as when you are seeing him be manipulative and and cruel and 
shitty or you're seeing you know in Nimrod's case like there's all this reputation of her being like fucking crazy scary and then you're like wait are we being played right I think it's really interesting that Noel Noel my god Noel also is like she has this reputation and I'm seeing the opposite of that but like what is the lie here and then when we realize the truth that within that reputation that reputation is real but she is not you know a two-dimensional character because no one else no one is everyone is complex everyone has you know the good the bad and the ugly and then we see you know that yes she has that reputation and it is based in truth but she is not you know just that cruel of a being 24 7 she is cruel when it is necessary to rule but she's not just like cruel for cruelty's sake and so in that in that novella right with we as the reader along with noel get to learn all of that by experiencing it whereas if we had been told it it doesn't have the same impact it just doesn't and so i think that that is something and here's the thing i've read you know paranormal where the world building you know i start i start to see that the author's just telling me things i'm not seeing them happening on the page i'm just being told and then I, you know, sort of don't care. And then if I don't care, maybe I don't finish the book. Or I finish the book, but I never pick it up again. Or I finish the book, but I never read anything by the author again. And so I think this is one of the many things that keeps me coming back to Nalini as an author. Is that whether it's in paranormal or even in her contemporary, she is constantly showing us right the world the emotions the relationships as they grow as they you know disintegrate as they change and by focusing it so uh, by it being character driven at least for me it doesn't feel overwhelming because i'm not seeing parts of the world that i wouldn't see at that moment in time i'm seeing what these characters are seeing period now luckily it's a series so i get to see so much of the world because we get to then spend time with different characters seeing different parts of this world but we see these parts through characters as opposed to just being shown parts and us being like i'm not really sure what the fuck the point of that scene was but all right you know what i mean like i guess um so yeah i uh again don't have enough positive words for this um definitely think you should read them um and so i'm going to pause here and then when i come back i'm going to talk about like a different book that isn't in the lady same book that just came out and um i loved it and so i wanted to share so you know take a break get a snack because you know why not and i'll be right back All right, I'm back. And now um, I'm going to talk to you guys about a book that just came out last week, Tuesday, September 8th. Um, It's called Her Big City Neighbor by Jackie Lau. Now, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about Jackie Lau before. Um, I'm a big fan. She is a Canadian uh, romance author. She lives in Toronto. That's the city I grew up in. And this is book one in the Cider Bar Sisters series. And if you've never read any Jackie Lau, um, on her website, she tags herself as Asian rom-com. And I would like, um, I went to a book club where we were talking about Ticket Hint, Danny Brown, um, by Talia Hibbert, someone else I also always talk about. And it was like, you know, I feel like a lot of times things are labeled as rom-com and then I read them and I'm like, so this wasn't funny. So I'm not really sure what you meant. Like what, like, I feel like I get aggravated by that. Here's the thing. Jackie Lau is rom-com. Like her books are funny. Like she might be like, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I mean, I tried, but 
but her books are funny they are hilarious i like cackle i laugh um as someone who grew up in toronto definitely left the city you know struggles with the idea of moving back um you know although of course if things go to to hell in a handbasket i i'm i'm not about to be dumb and be like no i'm just going to wait here in hell until hell freezes over and turns into heaven like nah bitch i'm out but um as someone who grew up in that city and has i guess what i would i would consider complicated relationship with it i think she does a fantastic motherfucking job of of really bringing the city to life and making it a place that you want to go to that you want to visit um every time i read her books i laugh i you know highlight throughout you know obviously in i'm i i still can't get behind highlighting real life books i really struggle with that but like ebooks girl of course and so i get to read about the city that i grew up in and she writes about it in a way that i'm like yes this is the toronto that i you know know or knew or can imagine right it isn't a place where i'm like "Mm." like i don't read and i'm like are you sure this is toronto girl i'm just like oh girl yes yeah yeah yes this is i see this i imagine this i know these places that you're you know even if you've given them a pseudonym or you're just i know what you mean so of course you might be like esther i've never been to toronto so does that mean like i'm just gonna read the books and be confused no i feel like what'll happen is you'll read the books and then want to go to toronto notice how i said that toronto like um i feel like you'll read the books and like a be hungry because damn is she good at using at making food so integral to her books in some ways and like it makes sense i feel like at least for me i'm struggling with thinking of other authors where i feel like i see a lot of mention about food i mean no there is another one who does i think a really good job not good job but i i really appreciate the way food is woven into the books ruby lang but yeah there's something about like every jackie law book i'm just like damn damn this is good like and damn this is good in the sense that i'm like it's contemporary romance but it feels like like i don't read it and go hmm okay i mean i guess this could have happened like i read it and i'm just like yes yes these people are real real ish real sort of i like this and i really do up like i just i'm just like yes give me more right so in this one um you know her big city neighbor uh the female main character moves to toronto because her aunt frances left her a house in her will so homegirl is lucky enough to inherit a house in downtown toronto her name's amy and she moves which i think is like a really i really liked that idea because i feel like i've read often i feel like we hear about romances where people inherit property in a small town right so they move from the city to a small town whether it's because they're tired of the city they have nothing left in the city they're running from something in the city but they move, you know, to suburbia, small villages, towns, the literal woods. In this case, right, Amy Sharp, who is our our girl, moves from a, a you know, a small tiny place to the big city because she's inherited property in the big city and doesn't sell it. She's just like, "No, I'm going to move." And she's going back to school. And so she one of the things that I thought was really like i re like was like whoa um as i'm reading right we meet amy as she's just moved and she's exploring toronto and her eagerness to explore the big city to go and do all of these things that she couldn't do because she lived in a town that had one diner one tim hortons for those of you who've never heard of tim hortons the american equivalent would be dunkin donuts um 
you know, just think of like a sort of a national coffee chain that's like fast coffee. It's not like the fanciness of Starbucks. It's like, you know, you go and you got coffee, you get donuts, maybe some sandwiches. That's about it, but it's a national chain. So she's moving from Silver Springs, which I don't know if it's, I don't think it's real, um, but can basically be, you know, the place of any sort of small town um, in sort of northern Ontario to the big city. And so that first chapter, I was like, yo, I mean, I moved from quote unquote the largest city in the country to New York City. And I, could relate so much to her experience of being so excited to go to different food places to find new coffee shops to just do all that because to me i mean new york is bigger than toronto new york is you know it's 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 not a small city and so that excitement of moving somewhere brand new especially somewhere brand new that has so much to see and to offer right it's not like you're moving somewhere where it's like, I moved to somewhere that had one main street with six businesses on each side. And then that was the end of it. It's like you're moving somewhere that's got, she talks about how she walked by a street that had four, you know, sushi spots, like within like five block radius. And it's like, how do they all survive? Right. And if you've lived in a city all your life, you're like, how wouldn't they survive? Like each, they each have their own sort of client base customer pace but when you're coming from somewhere that's really small it's like what like we couldn't even have one sushi spot never mind four and here i am living somewhere where like i can go to different coffee shops and each one of them like makes money and survives and whatever so reading that was really cool now you might be all like esther i i don't live in a big city i've never wanted to live in a big city but here's the cool thing you get to read about the big city experience without having to do it right And I really liked, mainly because I'm that kind of person who has always sort of looked for food, for new food to try when I travel. I really loved that, like, Amy, you know, comes to Toronto and is like, I'm just gonna like, she's not someone who moved to the city and was like, now I'm gonna hide from city life. She moved to the city and was like, I'm so excited about city life. I can't wait to try new things. I can't wait to see how much I can grow. Even if that's not the word she's using, that's what's happening. She's growing as an individual, as a character. Because she's trying different things. Some she's going to like, some she's not going to like. But you don't know until you try kind of thing. So I, I feel like she captures that so well. Especially, like there's, um, it's, I think the third, it's like, in chapter one and you know she heads out of her new house um and she walked it says and walked out the front door which she should lock right and i laughed and i highlighted it because you know i definitely grew up always locking my door but i also met people in toronto who didn't lock their doors and people outside of toronto definitely were like lock our door for what and i was like what do you mean lock your door we're in a city what like just to me it's inconceivable and for some of you you might be like what like we don't lock our doors and i'm looking at you like y'all are y'all are tripping y'all are wild i don't even know what so as soon as i'm you know i'm reading about amy i was like i really like her and i there were but here's the other thing she was so fucking peppy and so excited that like I definitely as I was reading I was like if I met you in real life I would probably be aggravated by you at some point like girl stop you're doing too much but at the same time I'd be like but you're so cute because you're so excited I'm like the stuff that I probably you know I'm being very blase and cynical about now might seem interesting again because you're so excited about it so I felt like she was this like she straddled the line between being like overly excited and that being both cool to see but also like annoying it was weird I was like I really like you and but also but it's just like the excitement of trying new things which is what Amy was doing I felt that coming off the page so much I was like oh my god what 
And then, you know, on top of that, we also, we start to, like, she talks a bit about her family already. And we're starting to be like, hmm, okay, like, you moved to Toronto to move to the big city, but also, like, a whole lot. Oh, yeah, because she mentions that Silver River, sorry, not Springs, the town um, was north of Sudbury and 2,000 people lived there. And I'm just like, oh, that is... Like, I cannot fathom what that looks like. Like, I'm just like, skirt, skirt, what? Like, what? So then you're probably like, okay, you've talked a lot about homegirl, but what about, you know, the neighbor? Victor Choi, right, is like her hot next-door neighbor who cuts his grass, you know, from his, like, cute little backyard lawn or whatever, shirtless, and he's hot. And he's her neighbor. And he's also, like, one of those people that's, like, I don't hang out with anybody. Kind of an introvert. And, like, happy peppy people? Ew. But what I think is really cool, it's, like, as he spends time with her, it's, like, he goes from being, like, the fuck? Why does she talk so much? To, like, I like this. Right? And the two of them together, I was, like, oh, they're so cute. And they both sort of I don't want to say bring out the best in each other but they listen to each other right and that doesn't mean that there are any missteps you know there are but they listen to each other and they talk to each other and he also isn't you know Toronto raised he grew up in Edmonton which is another part of Canada and you know basically what is that the prairies i was like i was like i was gonna call it the plains and i was like no that's the american term we don't call it that we call it the we call it the prairies i'm pretty sure that's what we call it now someone's gonna be like esther we don't call it the prairies and i mean like you know what leave me alone but yeah he's you know living in toronto and he you know is busy you know living his very boring sort of whatever life then she shows up and she's got like a ladybug umbrella loves polka dots and he's just like what (laughs) and she like likes unicorns and he's like excuse me unicorns right so that grumpy sort of sunshine dynamic i think is really cool but what i like about it is that it's not like over how do I put this? She's, you know, very sunshiny, but not in a like, but in an endearing way. Like, even when you're like, oh my God, girl. I was like, girl, you're so cute. You're so crazy, but you're so cute. You know what I mean? Like those people that you're just like, I want to be annoyed with you. And maybe I am slightly, but at the same time, I love that you're so excited. And I'm getting to look at things in a newer, brighter way. Even things I've already seen and done before because of you, right? So I really, really sort of like that. And I like that, like, you know, it's funny. Like, and also the food. Like, if you read this book, you're going to be hungry. You should have snacks, right? You're probably going to crave things when you're done reading. I wanted bibimbap when I was done. I wanted dim sum when I was done. I would, Yo, the amount of times homegirl has ice cream, I was like, this is rude. This is rude. Because now I want ice cream. She makes homemade co- chocolate chip cookies. They sounded amazing. They eat brownies. Waffles. Right? Fucking roll cake. I was like, this is... I, you're making me hungry. And that's just some of the things. Also drinking like all these cool sounding ciders i was like oh i want to try these ciders i don't know if they're real or not but if they're not real can someone make them not me because no absolutely not i would probably kill everybody but you know what i mean like i think i love that the inclusion of food and because i think like like i said i mean in the before times before the beginning of the the pandemic when I traveled to places, you know, one of my focuses was always food. I would always make Instagram collections. I would save, 
Instagram posts and it would be the city eats. So it would be Toronto eats, you know, Rome eats, Dublin eats because I wanted to eat. Yes, I wanted to sightsee, but I also wanted to eat because eating is glorious, glorious. Um, And so I love that we see that kind of dynamic. Because I've definitely read romances where it's like they don't ever talk about food. And that's fine. Like, I'm not saying every author that I ah, throw food into your books. No. Because it, it, you know, you don't, it's not always, I don't know. I don't know if everyone can do it. But Jackie Lau can. So I definitely am like, I pick up her books and I'm like, I know I'm going to laugh. I know I'm going to cackle. I know I'm going to laugh. And I also know I'm going to be hungry. Hungry as fuck. <laughs> and I love that. I love that. Um, so yeah, it just came out. You need it in your life. Um, a match made on Thanksgiving, I believe. It's currently free. If you're like, oh, I want to read Jackie, but the finances are, you know, a little tired. Because, I mean, <laughs> life is a lit, uh, just a smidgen crazy out there. Just un poquito, cray cray. Um... So, yes, a match made for Thanksgiving, um, I believe, is currently a free a 99. And that is, like, a novella length. And uh, you've got a one-night stand. And then parents trying to hook up their adult children, like, like match them up. It's hilarious. I loved it. But, yes, I her big city neighbor was really... Um, a lot of fun to read and I feel like you just want it and then you know when you read that one you'll then be ready for the next book which is his grumpy childhood friend which comes out October 27th 2020 which is uh you know next month um and that one also that one is you know it's not neighbors it's childhood friends meeting as adults so it's like ooh. You know, what's that going to be like? But yeah, I really... And Victor just... Uh, um, he, The cover is like hot Asian dude wearing a button-down sleeve, of course, rolled up. So you see the tattoos and it's just like, yes, I like this. Give me more of this. But yeah, that was the other book I wanted to talk about today. Um... As I had mentioned in last week's episode, I'm doing fall romance bingo. Um, So far, I filled three of my squares. Um, I've posted it. I have a thread on the Twitters. And I also have um, a highlight post on the Instagram. And so far, I've filled the the banter square right with... um, the banter square, the make you hungry square, and the pet square. Uh, although, if you're doing fall rom bingo, you could also use this book instead of for make you hungry. I feel like you probably also use this book for grumpy and sunshine square. Um, and I'm wondering if you can use it for quintessential fall activity. I'm trying to remember if they do anything specifically fall bro well she does go home for thanksgiving and like that's you know going home for thanksgiving is a fall activity so maybe perhaps i'm not oh i wonder if you could use it for stem hero stem heroin because she's going back to school for her master's in like engineering right so is engineering part of stem general say i think so I, you know, if it's not, you can tell me. You can be like, ma'am, you are wrong. So wrong. So very, very wrong. Oh, if you've never been to Toronto, you can use it for somewhere you've never been. I grew up there, so I can't. I, I can't. But if you've never been, you can. Also, if you've never read Jackie Lau and she's a new to you author, you can. And if you decided to read it after seeing my post on Twitter, you can use it for that square also. So, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, you got some options. You got some, you got some options here. 
Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited about this bingo because I I think I had attempted to do one uh, years ago or so, different one, and I just nah, no, did, did, did kind of sort of failed at the objective, but I believe I can do it this time. So I'm focusing on doing it this time and uh, having fun with it. So that's pretty much it for this week. Um, you know, it's September. Ooh, when you guys are listening to it, this, it'll, this is coming out September 14th, which is like middle of the month, which is how I feel. I'm like, wasn't it just like August yesterday? Time moving too quickly don't know how i feel about it um next week for sure um uh, i will be doing a book a six in the guild hunter a series and if you're like oh what book is that so that i am ready for the book that will be archangels legion um so that'll be next week's book um i'm trying to think if there's anything else I don't think so. I don't believe so. I'm going to say with that. I don't think there's anything else. Um, Have a great week. You know, enjoy the weather. If where you are at, the weather is not being some sort of weird hellscape. If it is being some sort of weird hellscape, aka forest fires, snow, whatever the fuck. You know, I hope that passes soon. I hope you're safe. Um, and yeah, if you could and you want to rate and or review the podcast, that would be really nice. I would really like that. Um, you don't have to, but you know, be, my goal lie, I'd get excited. Um, you just check the show notes from my Twitter handle, from my Instagram handle, slide up on into them DMs or just comment on posts and be like, yo, I'll be reading or y'all I don't read but I listen <laughs> um you know it's cool it's fine um definitely I'm gonna try to do a little bit more audiobooks probably of stuff I've already read because I think that'll work better for me um but yeah that's pretty much it talk to you guys next time and um you know eat an apple I'm kidding. You don't have to eat an apple. Unless you want to. In which case. Go for it. Eat a snack. Whatever it is that you are wanting or craving. Have it. Treat yourself. Alright. Bye.